Welcome back. It is the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Adrian Liza with Jay Cash and Talon Chapel back in the studio. We're here at tw- uh, Stockton 12 Honda, so make sure you come by and see us. What we wanted to do now is play a conversation between the big show and Dennis Lindsay, who always has a lot of great information, but in this he had some really particularly good insight into how management works with the players and uh, takes their, recu- their, their thoughts under advisement when it comes to trades and um, who to bring back and exit interviews and things like that. That's kind of towards the end. That's kind of towards the end of this. And man, it wouldn't be a show down here if the alarm nope. wasn't going off. But uh, so there's a lot of great information here. But uh, that was kind of that part's kind of at the end. But we wanted to let you hear the whole thing. So here it is from yesterday. Here, uh, Dennis Lindsay, general manager of the Utah Jazz, with the Big Show. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now, as he does every Friday on the Big Show, is the general manager of the Utah Jazz. He is Dennis Lindsay. Hi, Dennis. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Gus. Hey, Dennis, we wanted to pass along our best uh, wishes for Jake. Uh, we saw the report on him, and I think everyone is uh, is pulling for him. So I wanted to pass that along yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry. You, you, we're blessed. My kids, my wife and I were great. This, we we had time to brace for this. We've known for months that the nerve in his shoulder uh, wouldn't cut on. And so this, this last year, you know, the summer was difficult. Gordon and I appreciate the sentiment, you know, because we were still unclear on what the Parsonage Turner syndrome was all about and how long it would take. And, and what we found out is there, you know, there's just no certainty on when the nerves are going to wait back up. So then you got to start making decisions. And he graduated, got engaged, and gave up his scholarship. And he gave up his scholarship to a great kid uh, who's a freshman. It's one of their better players and will be one of their best, if not their best player going forward. So Jake was able to be unselfish when it became clear there was lack of certainty about him returning this year. You know, he made the decision what was best for, you know, the the team. And so the fact that he did that, you know, was a lot more important to me than you know, him playing this year, or how many games they won or points he scored, you know, it's it's about the group. And, and so, you know, he learned a lot of lessons and those are lessons that he can apply, you know, going forward as a as a parent and as a professional. Dennis, how are you feeling about how your jazz team is playing right now entering into the home stretch? Yeah, so just like pre-All-Star break, uh, guys, and pre-trade deadline, the arrow was moving in the right direction. We started to uh, get a better grasp. Quinn said it several times, and he's exactly right. On Last year was last year. While there was going to be some things that we needed to carry over, it's, it's a new year, and we couldn't presuppose that we were going to be a great defensive club. And sure enough, we started out slow, new rules, schedule, you know, some injuries to all three of our point guards and, you know, the schedules come back and Quinn always gives a good message. And, and I know I missed you guys last week, but I hadn't had a chance to support really what he said in that, 
you know, we've talked a lot, obviously, over the last few seasons about turnovers, and it's beyond turnovers, it's mistakes. You know, turnovers are one kind of mistake that you make, but you can make a mistake on execution of a play. You can make a mistake on defensive body position and hand position and discipline, especially when you're facing a great team like Golden State or Houston. So there's all kinds of mistakes. You know, the turnovers are just indicative and you know, I've always believed this in every sport. These were this was my my coaches that mentored me all the way from when I was playing and coaching and scouting. And now in management, is that uh, more games are lost on what you do poorly than one on what you do great. And especially with us having defensive personnel guys, we, we have to be low, low mistake. And that, that's turnovers. That's body position. That's communication. That's Quinn's, one of his greatest traits are is getting the players to connect with each other. That's connectivity. And you connect with effort, with communication, with body position, with because we do pass the ball a lot. So, uh, you know, we're we're starting to sort through that and, and coaches, you know, around uh, with his assistant coaches and Joe Ingles and some of the others leadership's help. As you guys know, our team is together. Uh, they like each other on and off the court. Now, what I think what we're seeing, you know, I know I was getting criticized earlier in the year and, and rightfully so that we decided to keep the continuity together. But I think what people failed to realize and what it took us a while to realize even on the inside is our continuity got us through a really rough schedule initially and now our continuity because we didn't make any changes other than the Kyle Corver trade and that was well before a trade deadline we're seeing the team coalesce and how about this step for you guys so over the last 30 years the two best teams post trade deadline um, the two, two best teams over a 30 year history are guess who San Antonio Spurs and Utah Jazz Jerry Sloan Greg Popovich you know some management people and by chance guess who are the two teams that trade the least Hmm. San Antonio uh, Spurs and Utah Jazz so continuity does matter you know Ricky spoke to this I spoke to this when we decided uh, last offseason to keep the team together and that's our hope that's our hope now that uh, a few teams are showing some aid and so on some regression defensively that this is a true tournament and you know we could not make the playoffs we could get beat in the first round uh, but we could also be very formidable because of our defense because of our continuity because of our coaching and so we we look forward to pressing forward to see if we can qualify uh, for the playoffs and then hopefully get a decent seed and then and then make some noise by advancing uh, all of that's in front of us all of that's possible but Again, we got to move to we got to be a low mistake team moving forward. A couple things on what you said there, Dennis. First of all, is if your leading players play as well as the great players on those Jazz and Spurs teams uh, were, that you're going to be in great shape. And I imagine that some of that success uh, was because they had Hall of Fame players on the rosters. The second one that is, always helps. Yes, uh, I would say 
so. Uh, the other thing is, though, I, I think I think all of us, and maybe jazz fans too, I don't know, like it when they hear you and Quinn acknowledge your distaste for mistakes. Now, sometimes people just sort of gloss over that stuff, but you've made it clear to us over and over and over again that that you don't like those mistakes and uh, you don't want to tolerate those mistakes and you're not going to try to shine them up. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it, look, we got to call it a spade that we would never try to fool ownership uh, or the media or our fans. And I think we've built up some credibility, Gordon, that we got to own where we fall short. And, and then if you get a few things right, you don't thump your chest. Um, you know, both of those examples are definitions or examples of losers. Um, it's about the group. And look, if we had the offensive personnel that maybe Golden State has or Denver has developed over the last couple of years, we'd say, hey, look, our offensive personnel allows us to win games. With us, it's a little bit <clears throat> defensively. And I, I actually, you know, if we've developed great continuity in our scouting program, but when I got here seven years ago, the guys that I kept were new. And then obviously we added a few guys. And so we're training them in our philosophy. And one of the things that we did, especially defensively, when we're out scouting, when you go and watch a game, whether it be media, fan, scout, coach, it's it's your inclination, it's human nature to watch what happens. So did this guy make a pass? Did this guy dribble the ball to the rim? Did this guy make a bucket? Well, defensively, and especially with Rudy and Derek and some of our guys, Ricky's size, Joe Ingles' size, it with our defensive personnel, you have to pay attention to what doesn't happen. Well, nobody thinks like that, uh, even even when you scout. So uh, I have a saying, and we've used it, and I don't mind sharing it, a little insight to the fans. Speed creates skill <clears throat> finishes and size prevents. Well, again, you go back to Rudy's impact, and it's very apparent even the head, own head coaches in the NBA don't understand that he's one of the 10 best players in the world in impact and it's not necessarily what he's doing even though he's scoring 16 and grabbing 13 rebounds and blocking two shots a game and you know screen assists is somewhat a new stat all those things are great and he's excellent at but it's all the things that ha- doesn't happen when he and Rudy or he and Derek are in tandem and you start putting Jay Crowder out there and Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles, there's a reason why we've been the best defensive club over the last 30 games once we were able to sort through some things. So we're very anxious to compete. We're excited. And, and again, it, our, our personnel lends itself to be great defensively. But for us to be great defensively, we got to be disciplined defensively. And the best way to be disciplined defensively to start that version a cycle for us is to get a shot, not turn it over. To to get a, a good shot, so we got balance back, and then and then use defensive runs to to grind teams. So we're really anxious 
on what we've done with our personnel, what Quinn's done with teaching and emphasis and strategy that we have kept the group together. And so if we maintain good health and, and, and really, really connect in a unique way, uh, we're, we're, we're very anxious and, and, and able to go out there and compete with the best teams in the league. Dennis Adam Silver made some comments about uh, mental health of players the other day, and I'm curious to hear your reaction to them. He said, quote, we are living in a time of anxiety. I think it's a direct result of social media. A lot of players are unhappy, unquote. What do you think when you heard that? So, uh, you know, we, we, we do spend time. Our jobs are like any other jobs. You know, you, the, the notoriety, the money doesn't doesn't change problems if you have uh, issues. And, and look, there's my wife's on a board, for example, um, at Primary Children's, and they, 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 they study a lot of mental health and wellness, and there's no question the diagnosis of of depression is up. Now, is it up comparatively 40 years ago, um, you know, it, it's hard to say because there's more uh, awareness. So if you have more awareness, you're going to diagnose mental health. And, you know, is it millennials? And we certainly as, you know, middle-aged men, older men, you don't you don't want to be the guy that's, that's seeing, you know, screaming, get off my lawn, my error is better than your error. You know, I happen to believe be an optimist, not only towards NBA basketball and where it sits and mental health of our players, but just society in general. There's a lot of good messages out there to, to be had. But but certainly, you know, as health professionals, you know, mental health uh, is part of our health performance group. Mike Elliott, you know, we have protocols in place. We have people that if people are dealing with money issues or marital issues, and this just isn't players, this is all of our employees, they have someone to talk to. That's part of, you know, the Miller family, the LHM group, and being values-based that if you you have a happy person going into work, players in this case, and and Adam's reference, Jake, then you're going to have a more productive um, uh, person. And it's one of the reasons why we want to keep our business out of the media. No one would want, you know, a two-week referendum on their job like Ricky had, you know, pre-trade deadline. That, that just doesn't lend itself to, uh, you know, good, uh, clean performance. So we're very mindful uh, of the people and we try to support them where they're at. And and by and large, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that we're perfect. You know, we're, we have people and people always have problems, but I think we have a very good support system within our group and frankly Jake it's a little you know Adam has shared some of this in private as well but it's a little hard to compare yourself to the other 29 teams because you just really don't know what's going on with with other teams after a discussion like that it's hard to think of any basketball question that means anything yeah amen to that. like Joe Ingles and what he's dealing with with Renee and, and Jacob and their daughter you know Jacob's diagnosis you know like we saw Joe Ingles a few weeks prior to him letting us know what's Quinn and I, what's going on. You know, Joe looks tired and Joe's not sleeping in his energy and, and we don't know anything different. And then 
and all of a sudden he tells us he and Quinn and I can become empathetic and, and help in, in that in that setting. Well, it's not like we're going to go tell the media or even some of our internal people is on an as-need-to-know basis. And you're exactly right, Gordon. You know, players have real-life uh, problems like the rest of us, even though they, they, they're they these huge figures and, and, and we admire their talents. They're, they're people and they have families. And, and, and so that's part of the intel and background that we do. We, we believe a, a player that is better supported, that has a strong support system prior to coming into the Utah Jazz are more likely to be successful because they have someone that they can fall back on. On a positive note, I guess it has been uh, sort of joyful to watch Joe Ingles and Derek Favors work that pick and roll these days, isn't it? Yeah, amen. Yeah, yeah. so as one of the things, you know, we think we, we do exit meetings, guys, with all of our players uh, every year, and it's amazing. The players always know. Practice facility equipment, coaching, teaching, support staff, and, and, and their teammates. The only question I got from Joe Ingles is uh, how do you feel about Derek Favors? And if for Mike, and obviously we felt like like Joe Ingles felt, you know, Joe Ingles or Derek Favors last, the last two years was Ricky Rubio this year. There's like this running referendum on Derek and his play, Derek and Rudy and this fit. I even got a question in, you know, exit interviews last year and by a good friend that I really respect. And it's like, we're not going to sit here and have a referendum on Derek Favors. And what the public didn't know, you guys knew a little bit, is Derek had a bone bruise. And we're all judging him in that moment that he has a bone bruise. And he's 25 years old. Derek Favors wasn't an old player. So when talking to Joe Ingles and our other players, it was clear, it was unanimous that they wanted Derek back, Rudy included. And if no Derek Favors there's no second round in the playoffs. If no Derek Favors, there's no two years running, you know, possibly a third year playoffs. You guys have seen his play of late. Well, he's playing well. He's connected to the group. He likes Ricky. And so he was able to support Ricky in the same way that we tried to support Derek, you know, the previous two trade deadlines. And, you know, we, we expect Ricky to catch the second half wave like he has the last three years if he's able to get his health right. And, and, and so when you have a player like Joe Ingles that comes in and says, hey, Derek's really important to what we do. As you guys could imagine, we weight that very heavily. Dennis, next time that happens, tell us and we promise we won't tell anyone. <laughs> no, you guys, look, and, and, and look, I, we do fans are fans. There's immediate votes of confidence, and like I told you before, I'd never tell you guys or the fans how to feel. You got to report what is, but they're just you know you just keep in mind that we do behind the scenes. We're not just rolling the ball out. There's these are very delicate, intimate, private conversations that we're having with Derek Favors when he was going through his bone bruise and changing roles. And, and what we did with Derek and Wallace is we just told him the truth. We want him to be healthy, take your time. We felt like he and Rudy could be a tandem. And then when Rudy subs out or Rudy gets hurt or there's a different style of play, Derek's going to be still one of the best 15 centers in the league and allow us to win games and 
when his when his minutes went from 32 to 24, we weren't going to dock his pay. You know, that we could we could do permanent stats and and ratios, and we knew his production was up. And now we have a mature, bought in, fully invested, fully healthy Derek Favors, and he's winning games. Derek Favors was never part of the problem, guys. I can say it in hindsight now, now that that water's under the bridge. Derek Favors is part of the solution. Well, Dennis, we always appreciate when you jump on with us and give us a little insight. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Okay, guys. Appreciate what you do. Dennis Lindsay, General Manager of the Utah Jazz. Like Jake said, Dennis Lindsay, General Manager of the Utah Jazz there. A lot of great stuff there. I love the part at the end where he's talking about um, Joe Ingles' exit interview, asking about uh, Derek Favors and his status. Um, a lot of these guys, they, that just shows that this team truly does really enjoy playing together. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting that, you know, obviously the GM and the front office, they have to make the uh, decisions based on what they think is best for the team. But it's nice, I guess, if you're a player that, hey, my, at least my opinion is being heard and taken under advisement. Well, in and, some way. Yeah, well, and to go back to a comment earlier this offseason, when the whole trade deadline went, went down, Ricky Rubio and his comment about people up in the front office, I had a lot of people that they felt like they that was a shot at the Utah Jazz front office. I don't think it was. I think it was more of a generalized yeah. statement. that Because mm-hmm. he's literally, every year he has been in the NBA outside of one, Him really. favors. It's and odd just, that they're both, just every year they're on the trade block. Exactly. So yeah. I can understand his frustration with it, but you're right, Adrian. Hearing that right there really shows that, yeah, the Jazz do value the feedback coming from their players. And I think that really does give them, I, I know a lot of people weren't content that the Jazz kind of stood pat last year with the team, brought back the majority of this team outside of um, one player from last year's squad. And a lot of people said, well, why aren't they sh- mm-hmm. shaking it up? Well, I really feel like the feedback they probably got in those exit interviews a year ago sh- showed them, hey, we have a good thing going. Let's roll with these guys and see what we can do. They have, they will continue to make changes as they do, but they just need to make sure that they always take players' um, thoughts and considerate thoughts into consideration. But they also have to be smart about it because you can't just say, "Well, if a player says he wants to be here, he could be saying that just to make sure he gets the contract." Right. They have to balance the two, but I think they've done a good job of it. Yeah, definitely. And it, uh, every once in a while, you get really good insight into what's going on behind the scenes, and that was definitely something out of Dennis Lindsay that I thought I found very fascinating. Also talked about. Um, Adam Silver's comments over the week about social media and the age of isolation and uh, things like that. So I want to talk about that a little bit, too, later in the show if we can Absolutely, get back to yeah. it. Absolutely, um, Just a reminder, we are here today at Stockton 12 Honda here in Sandy. We've got a few more hats. We've got a few more shirts to give away. We've got a bunch of stickers, so come see us. 10860 Auto Mall Drive. Um, they're in e- urgent need of your cars, and they're offering bribes today. Come in, get a free appraisal, and you can choose to take the cash or use it for a new Honda. There's no purchase required there. They have a giant selection of certified pre-owned Hondas. Uh, you get full Kelly Blue Book value on your trade. You can also buy any car at Stockton12Honda.com. So come see us. They've also got their parts and service department up and running. It uh, doesn't look like there's too much of a line. So if you need to get no. that oil change and the car wash and all that, you can come down and hang out with us. They've got a TV, popcorn machine, coffee machine, snacks, waters, everything you need while you're hanging out. So that's down here at Stockton 12 Honda. Uh, don't miss it. We're having a good time, huh, Hatch? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a blast. Like, there are people and there's a few, And there's a yeah. few uh, salespeople ready to help you get into that brand new 2019 Honda. 
Uh, or even yeah, even a used one. They got plenty of used ones yep. out there too. Definitely, and it's it's uh, it's cold, but the sun's out, so it doesn't feel as cold. This is I know a lot come of see like, us on your way to the RSL game. A lot of people like to call it smart. We've got a beanie. It's cold today. Yeah, you want one beanies, of these beanies? Yeah, so come on by, check it out. But we're right here. You can't miss us. This is yep. the biggest thing. Definitely. So uh, coming up next here on the Saturday show, we'll talk more about the NBA and also uh, some of Commissioner Silver's comments. We've also got some college football to get to as spring ball is underway. Uh, for a couple of the teams here in Salt Lake. So that's all coming up here on the Saturday Show. The Big Show. General Manager of the Utah Jazz, he is Dennis Lindsay. The best way to be disciplined defensively to start that virtuous cycle for us is to get a shot, not turn it over, to get a good shot so we got balance back and then use defensive runs to grind teams. So we're really anxious on what we've done with our personnel, what Quinn's done with teaching and emphasis and strategy that we have kept the group together. And so if we maintain good health and really, really connect in a unique way, we're very very anxious and able to go out there and compete with the best teams in the league. If you've missed any of the big show, go to 1280thezone.com. This is the big show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. It is a Saturday show here in Sandy at the Stockton 12 Honda dealership. I'm Adrian Lizer with Jake Hatch, Talent Chapel back in the studio making things run for us. Um, we heard last segment from Dennis Lindsay, commissioner, or not commissioner, general manager of the Utah Jazz. The and Jazz. he was asked, and there's been a lot of comments lately about this, about um, Adam Silver's comments on social media and its impact on NBA players. He's, he, uh, it talks about how, you know, back in the day, players really on the buses and things, they were really, they had a lot of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. everyone's on their phones at all times. It's kind of a microcosm of really the world in general. Yeah, they have headsets on. But yeah. it's uh, in, these, in this specific case, he's talking about the uh, NBA players. He spoke about how uh, many of them are very, are truly unhappy um, a lot of it has to do with social media and how, in a general sense, he's saying, like, being able access to these players who are on social media, they get done with the game. You open, you've got, say, you've got 100,000 followers. You open your mentions, and there's 5,000 comments about how trash you are. It leads, a lot of, leads to a lot of depression and things like that. I found it a very interesting topic, and one that I think is probably very true. I yep. completely disagree with how Charles Barkley put it. He said it was... I think he said it was probably the stupidest thing I've ever heard Adam say. These guys are making twenty, thirty, forty million dollars a year. They work six, seven months a year, stay in the best hotels. They ain't got no problems. That's total bogus. I disagree because I think we're in an age of where mental health is something that's finally being recognized and mm-hmm. you see so many players who have come out, Kevin Love and all these guys who've come out and been honest with their um mental health struggles uh tanner mangum yeah absolutely yes um locally yeah so i think charles is completely out of line to just say just because you're rich you can't be sad or depressed which is completely yeah and that's exactly that's that's the problem you can't just equate having wealth with being happy because you're right adrian these guys they have all these followers i would encourage and i'm this is just me i'm a nobody in the relative sense of things but if i were to talk to a pro athlete or even a collegiate athlete if you're going to be on social media have all of your mentions on whatever platform you're on twitter instagram Mm. whatever it is 
never look at them and turn them off. Yeah, right. It's it's not worth it. No, it's really not. Like, and we, you and I are both active on social media, and we get it on a much smaller scale. But oh if, yeah, if there, are, if, there are, if there are ten positive comments and one negative one, guess which one's going to stick with you? Stick with me personally. Yeah, the that negative, negative one. one. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people will say, "Well, just focus on the ten positive ones." Human nature is we're going to focus on that negative comment. We, we're by, by nature social creatures who like to talk and associate with people. So when somebody is ripping you on social media, that really affects you. And I don't care how wealthy mm-hmm. or whatever your status is in life, that affects everybody. So, yeah, I, I, I completely agree that Charles Barkley's comments are out of line in that regard because ha- simply having wealth does not equate with happiness. And it's so hard for... You know, just to say, well, don't have a social media account if you're one of these guys. It's just they're so tied into like their brand and things. It's it's exactly difficult for them not to from a business sense. They're all a brand, yeah. Right. So I, I, I would never tell. Hey, just don't even have it because it would be too hard if you're trying to you know get endorsements and things like that. You're going to want um, a lot. Of, you're going to want a yes, large absolutely. social media following. Uh, I just hate the ability. Social media is just such an interesting thing. Has it connected to the world more than ever? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been, it's made the world a little bit of a smaller place. Much smaller. And uh, just the just people who can, at, and I I love when they at a player and just say, "Hey, at blah blah blah, you suck tonight." Things like that. Of course, that stuff's going to add up, mm-hmm. and of course, players are going to get a little more depressed, and then naturally, kind of. The world now is you put your headphones in and you scroll through your phone instead of hanging out with the guys and things like that. I heard um, Craig Smith, head coach at Utah State, on uh, the coaches show earlier this week on the Zone Sports Network with um, uh, with Scotty. Yeah. I don't know. Talon, were you producing that night? I was, yes. You were. So um, I wonder, I don't know if you can get these those comments real quick about that, about what he – this is my bad. I didn't tell Talon this was coming. You're but producing on the air. He, Look at uh, you go. He, Scotty – or he brought it up himself yeah. in one of his 10-minute answers. Uh, he brought it up himself about how he's trying to um, – he had to get on his players a little bit and say, hey, guys, get off your phone. Um, talk to each other. I, I, it's just kind of a natural thing in the world, and I can imagine if I had – you know, nearly a million followers on Twitter. If and like you said, if every ten are good and Comment one is bad, you're, now you're talking about if every thousand you're getting thousands of comments about. It. Mm-hmm. And even before you, while you're playing, it's happening. Yeah, exactly. So you get done with a game and you look at it, it's like, whoa, look at all these mentions. We you're lost. Getting, you're this can't inundated. be good. Yeah. And part of like you said, human nature is you look at that stuff and. uh I think Commissioner Silver is on to something. I'm not sure really what the fix is, but I think it's definitely something to have um, on our minds as just people, just regular. I, I mean, we're just regular people out here. You don't necessarily, I, like, I don't want to lecture someone, but going on and just telling someone how bad they suck is not the way to go about, like, would you do that in person? No. There's you a lot did of it keyboard, because you got a keyboard. There's a lot of keyboard warriors out yeah. there. They're, they're very, they're, when they're behind their anonymous Twitter accounts or their social media, they feel like they're invincible. And, like, yeah, it is a lot of the stuff people say on social media is stuff they would absolutely not say if they were talking to that person face-to-face. It's just not going to happen. I think that every person has to deal with it in their own way, though, Adrian. Mm -hmm. There was a story by Jeff Goodman. He works now for uh, Stadium Network, and he went on a hunt for any to find a player who was not on social media. He found one. Okay. 
plays for Stanford. He's one of their big men for the Stanford uh, Cardinal. And he said that just him, him just this, this kid himself, I have to look up his name, I apologize, but he said that just personally, he doesn't find value in it. There are other guys that Jeff Goodman talked to that had gotten on social media in the past and had deleted it, etc. But they all they all kind of had a common thread that if they deleted, like I just didn't see the worth of it, or it came back to the fact that yeah, they just it wasn't worth it to them to have all of the negative stuff swirling around them. And I completely get that. People just need to understand that. Guess what? We're all human, and. Wealth doesn't equate with happiness. And we're all just trying to get through this life. And we're all just trying to get through this life. And we all have different statuses in life. Uh Let's try and just be a little bit kinder, a little more patient with people. I understand that FAN stands for fanatic. These people are cheering on their team. But if you're going to just, yeah, if you're going to at a guy and say, you suck tonight... Let's what are you doing? Are you helping? No, you're not helping Hurting at all. Hurting or helping? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's just my PSA for today: be a little kinder when you're out there on the interwebs. Totally agree. I mean, I uh, a couple of years ago deleted most of my social media. I still have Twitter. You're a smart man. So I just need to delete all of mine. Yeah, I still have Twitter because I use it for work, but I'm not on. I got off Facebook and Instagram and all this. Well, stuff. you got off Facebook in time to really protect yourself. Yes, apparently. well, they probably have most of my information, but. <laughs> But no, my true. information from two, three years ago is completely different than it is now. So take that, Facebook. You got nothing on me. But I, I found myself feeling a little more, um, a little more relaxed once I got. I guess is a good way to put it. But Twitter, you know, it's the same way. You and I, like you said, we're just a couple of schlubs who host a radio show on Saturday Saturdays. afternoons and or produce. And you know, we get those negative things every once in a while. It's, it hurts me, and I. I don't know. I can't imagine getting on the scale yes. that these NBA or any pro athlete. Well, does. and there's also there's part of it here is these NBA players. We all there's been a bunch of people that have made fun of like Kevin Durant for having his anonymous Twitter account yeah, yeah. to help kind of promote himself. I can I can understand why he did it though, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like he's trying to kind of help uh, bait some of the vitriol that's that's been cast at him. I understand it's a bad look when you're caught using the one of the anonymous accounts yeah. that you created and whatnot. But I can I completely understand these pro athletes, even collegiate athletes, just being fed up with it. We, there's been a lot of talk about um, Kyrie Irving just being kind of standoffish with the media. You can't tell me that that's not in part due to what he's seeing on social media from fans mm. and people that are fans of other teams that are throwing at him on social media. I absolutely think that's something that affects these guys. All right, so Talon pulled uh, what Coach Smith had to say from Utah State. Kind of his reaction. I thought this was really interesting uh, stuff here out of uh, Craig Smith up at Utah State. You know, uh, just our society today with there's just a lot of almost like um, he, how did he phrase? He called just, it the age of angst. Yeah, and, and like, but like lone. I don't know if it was lonely, but basically lonely people. Isolation. Isolation. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. That's what. And he just said, like, whether you're a player or a person, how many times you somebody's walking around in the mall and you see them with earbuds in, or you see them with headphones on listening to music, or they're sitting around in an airport. It used to be like you see in the airport and you have a conversation and now 95% of the people are staring at their phones, right? Or you're at a dinner table and how many people have their phones right there because they just can't. So it's a, and, and one thing he said was, you know, 15 years ago and they were talking about Michael Jordan, there's a big documentary and they said so many championships are won in the bus. 
So many championships are won in the locker room. So, and so, like, I give our guys a hard time sometimes after a game. Like, guys, like, it's okay to talk to each other for an hour after the game. You know, we don't have to just run to our phone. Or- All right, so there you go. That's Craig Smith, and he actually had a really good point there. And I just it made me think of something. So I'm older now. I'm in my 30s. I played high school football. My youngest brother is in high school right now. And he's very active on social media. Mm-hmm. And I happen to be talking to him. This is so this past fall. So we're talking October, November, some, somewhere in there. And I asked him about um, how his relationship with his teammate, teammates was. And he didn't really indicate that he had much of a relationship yeah. with any of them. Interesting. And I can, I can think back. I, I, I've, got, I've got guys on Twitter that follow me that are high school teammates. My quarterback is on, yeah. active on social media. I've got teammates. And they're living all over the country now. But we all kind of have a common thread that we all go back to those days playing high school football together, and we talk about it a lot. My younger brother, I don't know necessarily think he's going to have that type of relationship. You heard uh, the, the age of angst, uh, Michael Jordan saying that a lot of championships were won on the bus. I really do believe that is something that is different in this day and age. We've heard a lot about the Boston Celtics having issues as a team. Marcus Morris out there saying this isn't fun. Kyrie Irving saying that their long flight across country to play this West Coast road trip that they were on, they beat the Warriors to start things off. He said that helped him out quite a bit. I think when guys, yeah, do take those earbuds mm-hmm. out, put the phone down, and start interacting with the guys on their team, I really do think that can change things. And I really feel like the Utah Jazz are a team that does interact with one another. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think uh, I still have great relationships with a yeah. few of my teammates growing up. And I don't even know if it's like looking back and remembering how great uh, the yeah, times were. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it's just some of those relationships that are so solid. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would have necessarily been able to have them and had as much confidence in my teammates mm-hmm. or as much trust if I wasn't interacting with them off the court. So it's it's a really interesting conversation. But I think Adam Silver is right that um, there is a Absolutely. certain bit of problem here in it. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see their, how... There's going to be no perfect answer yeah. for this. Like there, the, every guy's going to be different. There are guys, absolutely, that deleting their social media would absolutely help them. Other guys wouldn't work. Right. So I really feel like it has to be an individualized process, but it is, they're, they're very pointed co- um, comments from Adam Silver, but are comments that absolutely need to be looked at and absolutely discussed. Yep, definitely. All right, coming up on the other side, uh, we're going to have a quick little segment. I'm going to ask Hatch and Talon about a certain bit of Utah legislation that might be coming down. We're getting political Woo-hoo! on the other side here on the Zone Sports Network. Slow mojo. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. Fat Tuesday in Mardi Gras. Man, man. I mean, you knew they're never going to be here again in this situation. What did Joe Ingles do that night? I'm so glad that I'll never be in that situation. <laughs> Why is that? It was disgusting. In what way? Everyone was heavily, heavily intoxicated. You couldn't take a step without stepping on garbage. It's just disgusting. I took four steps from the bus to the door and then didn't leave my room. That's it? I mean, what did you want me to do? Go out and party like Joe Ingles does nightly in Salt Lake City. Yeah, party with my eyes closed in my dreams. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. It is the Saturday show. Adrian Lizer next to Jake Hatch. 
Uh, Talent Chapel back in the studio. Come say hi to Nate, our tech. He'll give you some free swag. I teased. We're getting political here, Hatch. Sweet. No, we're not really. I just wanted to scare our bosses. No, but uh, there's a little fun <laughs> little fun thing is uh, the, the uh, legislator is underway. The Utah State legislature actually coming towards its end, coming yeah. to an end. But one thing they have decided is a, is a possibility is maybe redoing the Utah State flag. Yep, it is. Um, I don't really. I can't really even think of it, what it looks like off the top of my head. But it's got a beehive on it. It's too complicated. Talon says it's too complicated. I want to know what each of what each of you would put on a new Utah State flag if you could deny or design one. I want to put the statues on the flag. <laughs> Little John and Carl up there? Absolutely. Let's see. This is what it is. It's got an eagle crossing um, U- uh, United States flags and a beehive and 1847 on it. State, yeah, the, it's a very standard flag. You know, the state was settled by the pioneers from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who came here. It is. Nice. I, I, you know, I'm just making sure I cover my bases. I've had people to get angry at me if I use other monikers yes, that, have, that have been told to, to us that are not appropriate anymore or whatever. <laughs> anyway. you want to stir. But I really do. If they want to change the state flag, great. Go right on ahead. I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I like it, it is. And I've seen some of the designs that people have thrown out there. And, like, I've seen some pretty dumb ones that have been thrown out. Oh, yeah. I've seen some other ones that are actually, I'm like, okay, I like that They're quite a bit. I really do feel like that beehive needs to stay on there. I really the beehive should it, definitely stay. It stays. That's the beehive state, but, yeah. But there are, yeah, it could be changed. I But I do want some, I, would, I wouldn't I would mind seeing, like, something jazz-related on it. That's just me. Talon, well, anything? Well, if you want jazz-related, put, like, the, take the old jazz 90s mountain logo and take Ooh. those same mountains Ooh. and put it Ooh, behind the beehive yeah. have 29 encircling stars for each of the uh counties in the state there are 29 counties talon in the has town. put a lot i know of talon holy smokes you draw yeah. this up in the studio my third there? grade teacher would be so proud of you for knowing there's 29 counties and then a plate of funeral potatoes slightly ah. off to the right let's just leave that alone well if you're gonna put the funeral potatoes on there you got to put the jello salad out there no too. see that's not true though that was the green jello's got to go on there i feel like that people just made that up oh i'm no i'm talon trust me it exists. Well, as I say, you're from Utah County. I'm a so Utah County more, guy. Maybe that's it, more prevalent. <laughs> it very much is prevalent. Okay, my idea, you just take the City Edition jersey, Ooh. and you make that a flag. Maybe so the, get a beehive in the, the middle of there. Yeah, a little then, bit of gradient. Then you're almost stealing Arizona's flag, though. Well, does anyone care? Yeah, do we care? They can design a new one after we steal theirs. <laughs> take that, Arizona. I like that, actually. That's a great idea. A little, maybe a... Some of the Red Rock A, a beehive in there, maybe... Maybe the old school. Man, this is three. Good times. Good but time. I, I think that actually is not a bad day, Adrian. I do like Talon's idea, though. If we have the, take the mountains from the old Utah Jazz uniform, I think that would be a good but look. But was that a good look? I liked them. That's just me. Don't tell me you're one of those people that thinks it's, they're one of the worst uniforms ever made. I didn't say that. I feel like there's a big split that people think those are either some of the best uniforms ever made or some of the worst. When it comes to me with uniforms, I like simple. Okay. I don't need a lot of this graphic stuff on it. But that was big in the 90s. Like, there were some wild jerseys in the NBA in the 90s. The Bucks. Now they're a little bit more. uh, Yeah, the Raptors one with that dinosaur all over the place. I love that jersey. That's just me. 
It's a classic. It is a classic. But there were some wild jerseys back then. I wanted a Vince Carter, one of those jerseys. I like like my favorite jazz jersey is just the simple. Uh, I like the blue ones with the jazz note on it. Okay. That to me, mm, I love that jersey. But yeah. I do like the city one. I, I'll admit I was a little, um, I was split on the city edition when I first saw like the picture of it. But oh, then when yeah. I saw them wearing it on the court, I was like, this might be the best jersey in the NBA. It was a great look. Yeah. It the, was a great look. The, the look just on paper of it, yeah, I was with you. I was very like, are you sure about that? But once they started playing yep. them, okay, I understand. They sold it. Yeah. it. All right. So if you've got any ideas what to put on the uh, yeah. state flag of Utah, send it in on us. the yeah, tweet or at on us. The, uh, open, mic. open mic on the Zone app. If you're streaming us on the Zone app, all you got to do is just scroll down, use that open mic feature. You can do up to 15 seconds of audio and tell us what you would design the flag to have on it. All right, we're here at Stockton 12 Honda here at 10860 South Auto Mall Drive here down by the Southtown uh, Mall. Yep. In the Southtown Auto, Auto Mall. Mall. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of – this is a little out of my where I normally go. So, But this is our home away from home. Absolutely. I always get lost down here. Once I start heading south, I get lost. You get lost? But not to this place. This one is really easy to get to. Okay. Get off the 106 South exit. Head east, get on the Auto Mall Drive, and find us. We're hanging out. We've got a little bit more swag to give away the next hour. If you're looking for a new Honda, you can get two Hondas for 12 bucks a day. And that only runs through March. Uh, you can also get a new Civic for $5 a day, a Cord for $6 a day, as well as the HRV. And the CRV is only $8 a day. You can also go online to Stockton12Honda.com and buy any vehicle there. So come down and see us. We're having a great time. Car alarms going off. It's a party down here. It's a blast. It is a blast. All right, coming up on the other side, we're going to hear from uh, Mark Harlan. He's the athletic director of uh, the University of Utah. And DJ and PK, I thought I had a great conversation with him on, was that Friday? Yesterday, yeah. Yesterday. So we're going to hear from that coming up next here on the Saturday show.